You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, proud members of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTF Podnet on Twitter. You can find me at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. And you can find my wonderful co-host joining me today, Mr. Dennis Bennett, at Culture underscore Coach on Twitter. Not only are we a part of this amazing network, but there are a ton of other great podcasts, including the likes of Jim Day of FF Champs, Adam Ronis and Dr. Roto from Sirius XM Radio, Bob Lung of the award-winning Fantasy Football Consistency Guide, Dwayne McFarland, Blake Sullivan, and a ton of great others. Your one-stop shop for all of your fantasy advice, strategy, and news. And you can find all those podcasts on fulltimefantasy.com. For today's episode, as I mentioned, Dennis is back. He is joining me again today. As he will every Friday as we do our full Sunday slate, we will review or recap the Thursday night game between the, I was about to say the Texans guys, the Titans and the Jaguars. And then we will jump in and preview all of the Sunday games and the Monday night football game. Welcoming back, Mr. Dennis Bennett. Dennis, what's going on, man? It's it feels it feels weird not talking to you a couple times a week like we have been most of uh, obviously almost the entire off season, and then we we know you'll be jumping back on with us here soon once uh, once your son's basketball games and everything are over. But it, it is weird for me a little bit to only be talking to you once a week. But how has your week been so far? How's your fantasy season been going so far? Well, heading into we, it's great to be here and. Uh, I, I, I kind of miss it, but, you know, life gets busy when the kids go back to school. Yeah. Uh, going into, after two weeks, I was sitting at a sparkling 23 and, or 24, 23 and 19. So I was four games above 500. So, you know, some of them are clear rebuilds. Uh, I guess the only downside of it is I have about three, three leagues that I'm sitting in first place with a 2-0 and record. Uh, but they're all Empire League, so I got to win two years in a row to get any money. Gotcha. Yeah, that. Uh, I'm in a couple of Empire. I don't know if I'm in. 
I know one of them I'm in. I'm with you. I don't know if I am in the other one. And yeah, I'm not. My my teams are not looking that. I think I'm one and one in both of those. I'm kind of. I feel like my teams are not doing quite as good as yours are this year. I've got like a a whole bunch that are looking amazing, and then the rest of them I just I need to rebuild. I just haven't started it yet because uh, I don't want to give up. Because I hate I hate that feeling of a rebuild because you know it's going to take probably a year, maybe two, depending on the trades you make. And I'm just not really I hate committing to that point because once you do, you kind of know you're donating your money to the champion for at least a year or so. But I'm gonna, I'm giving them all one more, two more weeks to see where I'm at, and then it'll be time to jump into full Miami's Dolphin rebuild here soon. Yeah, I've I've got one Miami Dolphins rebuild and another one that I'm in the midst of moving there. So, you know I. It was pretty exciting to watch Gardner Minshew start in my uh, uh, my rebuild, uh, Superflex rebuild, that uh, my starting quarterback week one was Josh Rosen, who was on, on the bench but got a little bit of playing time. Uh, so I didn't have any startable quarterbacks, really, and now I've got three in uh, Minshew, Rosen, and uh, Luke Falk. <laughs> Oh, good old Luke Folk. Yeah, I'm loving what Uncle Rico's been doing there in Jacksonville. He has been, uh, he has been amazing. And speaking of Uncle Rico, Jacksonville Jaguars, let's talk about what happened in the Thursday night football game. First and ten at the Lions 29, and Prescott goes screen right. Elliott down the right side to the 25, to the 20, to the 10. Elliott to the pylon. Zeke Elliott, touchdown. 38 on the screen. Second down at 10, takes the snap, gives it. Chubb runs, he's in the 15, he's in the 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. There goes Chubb, he's in the 30, 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Chubb-a-lubba-hub. 92 yards. from Adam. Case on a deep throb. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay oh my God! Oh my God! So not a uh, great game overall, really, but I feel like we're kind of used to that now with these Thursday night Jacksonville Jaguars and Tennessee Titans games. It seems like every Thursday they're either playing in bad weather games, bad offensive games, or both, and it seems like uh, that played out again last night. The Jacksonville Jaguars did win 22-7 over the Tennessee Titans. Start on the Tennessee Titans side here. So Marcus Mariota actually throws for 300 yards, gets you uh, 23 of 40, 304 for 21.31 points in fantasy. Derrick Henry, 
uh, scores another touchdown again. We talked about it. Ever since that last matchup last uh, Thursday night last year, he's gone for at least 80 yards and or a touchdown, so he does it again this week. 44 yards, 17 carries, and one touchdown uh, to get you 11.6 points in fantasy, so another double-digit point for double-digit week for him, probably finishing right in that RB2 category for the week, which is what we thought. Adam Humphreys actually shows up in the box score this week, 15.3 points in fantasy, 93 yards on six catches, good to see him involved. And then uh, really the only other fantasy-relevant player here for them, Delaney Walker, 64 yards on seven catches. Uh, I mean... Uh, four, I'm sorry, 13 points in fantasy. Corey Davis does come alive in the fourth quarter, so I will touch on him. A lot of people have him, uh, especially in their dynasty leagues. I don't know how many people really have him in their in their redraft leagues. Get you seven points in fantasy, 44 yards on three catches. What were your thoughts on the Titans overall? I mean, again, we know t- uh, probably the only Titan player you had in your lineup was Derrick Henry, or we said start Delaney Walker as well. Both those guys come through for you. Uh, do you think it's time to move on to Ryan Tannehill here in this offense, see if it helps any of these other players out? You, you know, it's it's a tough situation. When you look at Mariota, no, he hasn't shown a lot of elite traits, and he was certainly uh, inaccurate last night. But he also is on his what fifth offensive coordinator, third head coach, third scheme or fourth scheme. So there, there's definitely, you know, there's some culpability on his part to figure it out. But there's also some, I guess, some reasoning to say, you know, he hasn't had an easy go of it. Uh, I think in in another year or two, we might be looking at Josh Rosen the same way, going, you know, he's he's on his third team or third offensive coordinator, new system again, still a sucky offensive line. It's, you know, the the, the Titans, you know, they were missing their left tackle, and, and, uh, you know, that uh, Jacksonville defense and Calais Campbell in general uh, or more specifically, they just knocked the snot out of Mariota. Yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, so. If any of you listened or whoever listened uh, to the episode yesterday with me, Matthew Fox and Tony Dyer, we talked about the defenses and we all felt more comfortable playing Tennessee's over Jacksonville's. Definitely should have gone with Jacksonville's, especially with the uh, with the amount of sacks they got. Nine sacks on Marcus Mariota. You mentioned Taylor Lewan still out, cannot come back until Week Five for them due to the PED suspension. I hope they don't necessarily give on Marcus, up on Marcus Mariota just yet. He actually, to me, looks a lot better this year, fully healthy. I hope they give him the full season. I don't know if we'll actually see that, though, because I believe not only can he become a free agent, but so will Ryan Tannehill at the end of this season as well. So they might want to see what they have in him or might just decide to go in a completely different direction at the end of the year. It will be an interesting season to watch play out, uh, but I actually thought Marcus Mariota did not look quite that bad in this game. Oh, his yeah, I think you, oh, you know you, you do start if if you've got him you're starting Delaney Walker I I, I think he's settled in uh, as that safety blanket guy yeah so Walker's starting to show that consistency that you came to expect from him and and, and I think you can look for that going forward I I, I think I'm going to sound like a broken record to a lot of people that are throwing their arms up about Corey Davis. But I, I'm hoping the, they kind of stay what they're doing for about four or five more weeks, and I want to swoop in and grab him, let him, you know, let him sit on my bench, and then 
hopefully, you know, the, the dude has talent. You, you can't tell me he's not talented. I, I think the, the system changes are taken probably as big of or maybe even more of an effect on him and his three years there in uh, Tennessee. Or is it two? Uh, he's been there for three years now, I believe. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I've never, I've never had an issue with Corey Davis's talent. He was at the top of my board as well. Was phenomenal in college. Uh, I agree with you. I think it's just the quarterback, and part of that, though, I also go, I think, goes to the fact that what you touched on earlier, five different offensive coordinators. He's never really had a full, I guess, year or even multiple years with the same offensive coordinator. He's been hurt a lot as well. This has really kind of seemed like the first year he's been fully healthy. I, I would not be surprised if Corey Davis starts coming on at the end of the year with Mariota and or slash Tannehill, whichever is still or running, I guess, the show at that point in time at the end of the year. I probably, well, I guess it would depend on what you can get him for. If you can get him fairly cheap, I would probably still go try and buy him as well. You might be able to buy him now in Dynasty Leagues because people may just finally be fed up with him uh, not getting to do anything. But yeah, it's not definitely not his talent. He is an extremely talented player. It's whatever is going on with that offense or slash quarterback that is causing him his fantasy and, and NFL issues, really, uh, not not him. On the Jacksonville side of things, we saw Gardner Minshew ball out again. Get you 26.96 points in this one. 204 yards on 20 of 30 for two touchdowns. Also adds 18 yards on four rushes. DJ Chark does it again. The Chark attack. I don't know. uh, Talked about this a little bit on yesterday's episode as well. I was telling a lot of people last week on the Dynasty Nerds chat, which we will do every Sunday, a little bit of off-hour, office hours thing that Dennis set up. You can get on there. If you're part of the group, you obviously pay to be a membership. It's extremely cheap. A bunch of us will be on there. We will give you guys start-sit advice. I was telling a lot of people who were asking about DJ Chark to start him. Phenomenal player coming out of LSU last season. I think that he's clearly ascended himself to the number one on this depth chart. Everybody was expecting D.D. Westbrook to break out. I think he would have if Nick Foles was still there. It's DJ Chark right now with Gardner Minshew, and he does it again in this one with nine. I'm sorry, 17.6 points. Just ridiculous. Leonard Fournette has another good game here, although some of most of it does come on one long, uh, long run in this one. But still, finishing is giving you RB two numbers: sixty-six yards on fifteen carries, adds twenty-six yards on six catches to give you fifteen point two points in this one. Uh, and then really nobody else that relevant. I highly doubt anybody's playing the Irish legend James, O'Shaugh- James O'Shaughnessy. And then you also have, um, let's see here, who is it? Dee Westbrook gets you 10 points as well in this one with 46 yards on five catches. Man, I was pulling for that four-net touchdown on that long run so much. I have him in a couple spots, and I really, really could have used that touchdown. And then for him to not get in on three consecutive plays right after that. Yeah. You know, he's he's never going to be an elite back. I think he's going to cap out as a mid to low end RB2 at the occasional low RB1 day. Um, he looked good catching the ball. And so I suppose there is potential for him to, you know, rack up some points as a receiver. So if he's out there doing that and he can stay healthy, that might be good. Yeah, I was all over DD. I like DD to have a, a breakout year this year. 
But it looks like him and Chark have settled into a couple very established roles. Didi's in the slot. He's doing the short to intermediate stuff. Chark is uh, further down the field, making the big plays. And so I think you'll you'll see a lot of games from them where Westbrook might get more receptions but fewer yards, and Chark is gonna you know have more yards and fewer receptions. And then it comes down to which one of them is going to get in the get in the end zone. Minshew's looking good. I, I think uh, you know having him as as uh, in superflex is certainly. If you had folds, it's certainly a good move. If you were in dynasty, you know Mike Leach was onto something, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, dude, I I can't. Uh... It's interesting. I really don't think it'll happen. But before we move on to previewing the the Sunday slate here, do you think that uh, the the term in, in sports is Wally Pipped? Or do you think he just got Nick Fold? I mean, was in, in Philadelphia, obviously. Carson Wentz gets injured, comes in, leads him to a Super Bowl, looks amazing the whole time. But you know he's not going to get the job back from Carson Wentz. Is there any thought in your head that he might not take the job back from Gardner Minshew? Nope. I, I think uh... – Minshew, you know, he's scrappy. He's smart. Uh, I think from an overall talent standpoint, Foles is a more talented quarterback. And uh, I I think that Foles will get the job when he's healthy. They're going to give it back to him. Now, if for some reason Minshew takes him on, you know, an eight or nine game winning streak, then I might see maybe they they go you know let's let's wait, but I, I feel like they're pretty loyal to Foles, and I think that they're going to give Foles that shot. They're going to let him have the job back, and uh, be, because they've seen him do it with other teams, and so he's established that that he can do that. Yeah, you know, it, it was a fluke injury. It wasn't like he was playing bad. So. It was a fluke injury. He'll he'll get his job back. You know, Minshew is uh, you know, he did what you hope your backup quarterback can do. Now let's wait for another week or so and see how uh, how defenses start reacting to uh, him looking like he he belongs in the NFL. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I really don't think he he gets replaced, but it will definitely be interesting if. If they do go on a win streak and he's playing good, if maybe it's like, why don't we make sure your shoulder's fully healthy, Nick, and give him a couple more weeks and don't just rush him back out there. But Minshew has been playing awesome and definitely interesting to see how that might work going forward. They did pay Nick Foles for a couple seasons, so does he stay the start of the whole time? Does Minshew eventually take back over for him? It'll be interesting to watch, but Jacksonville looks like they're not going to have any kind of QB issues, or at least their QB sucking for a, for quite a while. Let's jump in now and go through all of the Sunday games for this weekend and give you guys all of our fantasy opinions and advice. We eating all day, bro. I'm hitting you every time. Every time you come as well, I'm going to hit you. I'm not going to be able to do that. You don't want no problems, bro. You are my boy. I'm a man. I'm about to get ugly. I want to score. The 
have here on the docket is between the Carolina Panthers and the Arizona Cardinals. We now know that Cam Newton is going to be out this week in week three, and possibly even longer, but at least this week. We talked about it a little bit on the podcast yesterday. This does not affect Christian McCaffrey for me at all. You obviously have him in your lineups. It's not even a question. He is going to ball out. That puts Kyle Allen in at quarterback, who actually played fairly well last year in Week 17 when he played. What does this do for your DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel shares this weekend going up against a a not-so-good Arizona Cardinals defense? Well, I definitely think Moore – it is going to stay steady at where you expected him to be, even with Cam. You know, he plays that intermediate route uh, very well. Allen had a 5.76 yard per attempt over the past two preseasons. I, I think that's probably a little short uh, due to it being preseason. So I would expect that, that to bump up a little bit uh, with a full regular season game plan. Uh, he was a low 60% completion guy in college, so he'll definitely need to improve upon that uh, because he doesn't have Josh Allen or Cam Newton's athleticism. Yeah. So he did show some rapport with Sam- Samuel in uh, the preseason. So I feel like there's going to be the, – they're going to take some shots with Samuel. It just depends. Do they hit him? Yeah. You know, it, you know, you're right. McCaffrey is going to be – you know, you should expect the same thing out of McCaffrey that you were expecting. Uh, Greg Olson should have a good game. The, the the Panthers' offense overall, given how Cam has been playing, I don't think they're going to really take a hit. Yeah, I think DJ Moore, just based on what we've seen out of him the first couple of games, he's going to be in your lineup. I think he's, he's at, at worst a flex starter. And I actually kind of think the same thing as Curtis Samuel because the one thing about Samuel uh, does work closer to the line of scrimmage, and, and he has the ability to take, take it to the house anytime he catches it, just like DJ Moore does. Uh, for him, it'd probably be a little bit of a deeper flex league. There's a couple leagues that I'm actually sitting in, but I have Christian Kurt, who we'll talk about here in just a minute, uh, who I think is obviously a safer play over him because he has his starting quarterback in. But I don't think it hurts either one of them so much that they that they you uh, you have to leave them out of your lineup. I think you're fine playing both of those guys and Christian McCaffrey this week. For the Cardinals side, we know that David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald. Oh my goodness, I don't know why I just blanked on his name. And Christian Kirk are all safe plays in your lineup. They've been doing it every single week here the past couple weeks. DJ being helped out a little bit with touchdowns, obviously, last week. Had a bad game. We talked about it on Monday, though. He was out a lot of that game due to the wrist injury. We'll be fine going into this one, so nothing to worry about. Are you willing to start Kyler Murray, though, against this Panthers defense, Dennis? So what you're asking me is, Will I start the quarterback for these three receivers that we expect to have good games? Yes, that is what I'm asking you. So the answer is yes. (laughs) Uh, I don't own Kyler Murray's shares anywhere. You know, I'm not big on him. Uh, I'm going to be okay if I miss on that one. But I I do like Kirk, uh, and I do like the rejuvenated Larry Fitzgerald. The challenge Arizona still has, same challenge they had as last year, is that offensive line. Yeah. So that'll hamper uh, DJ some, but DJ's excellent in the passing game. They, they tend to put a lot of wide receivers on the field, spread everything out. So I, I, I think we're getting to the point where 
if you've got Murray and he's not a, on your taxi squad, uh, in Superflex you're rolling him out. I don't think I, I don't think I'm there in one QB yet. I, I think I'm still leaving him on my bench in one QB leagues. Um, but I, I don't know, you know, how, how good is Carolina's defense? You know, is is it really? Uh, you know, I guess I should have looked at that a little closer uh, before I, I let those words out of my mouth. Uh, they're middle of the pack right now. They're not horrible, but right. they are not great. Right. Okay. So it'll be one of those situations where I think Murray uh, Murray should have an okay day. You know, especially if you expect Kirk and Fitz to ball out, then then Murray's that. You know, their yard. It's not like uh, DJ's throwing them the ball, right? Right. Yeah, the one thing on Murray that I'll say, uh, it obviously depends. I would imagine most people, unless you're in a super flex league, which he's an obvious start. I mean, almost every quarterback is an obvious start in a super flex league. doesn't matter who you have. Uh, I don't uh, – I actually think he might be a safe play this week. He's actually currently sitting as the fantasy quarterback 12 without any of the rushing production. He's only thrown two touchdowns on the season. So he's been putting up the points – I don't know if I expect the rushing to come. I think we all, all of us who believed in Kyler Murray thought he would get a little bit more rushing. I actually like the fact that he's been able to do what he's done so far without adding that in there because he is obviously much smaller than, say, Lamar Jackson, not as fast as Lamar. Uh, but, but he's definitely putting up the points. But again, you likely drafted him in redraft or if you're other leagues, he's, he's your QB too. So depending on who you have over him, you have one of those top guys, you're not going to start him over. So I still think this is going to be a good matchup against the Panthers defense, but not a great matchup. Uh, so, I, you know, do with that what you will. I think he's going to finish in the top 12 quarterbacks again this week as he's done the past two weeks. That right there is it for that one. So who are you picking, the Panthers or the Cardinals? I'm going to go with, uh, I think, the, the Panthers. As am I. So let's talk about the next game on the docket here, one that's probably not going to have a lot of eyes on it, the New York Giants and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. On the Giants side, you're obviously starting Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram. That uh, not going to be an issue for you. Both those guys will get theirs, especially with uh, Tate still being out. But Sterling Shepard is back. He passed all of the concussion protocol stuff, got cleared by the independent, uh, I don't know what they're actually called, independent concussion. Neurologist. Neurologist, there we go. I was just going to say concussion checker guys, so that definitely sounds better with neurologist. Same thing. Yeah, exactly. Same thing. So where do you feel safe, or do you feel safe playing Sterling Shepard this week against a, a Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense that has actually been fairly good against the pass this year? Well, Cody Latimer... And Benny Fowler made some plays with Sterling Shepard out. So that being said, Shepard is certainly better than both of those guys. So he's going to be the wide receiver, too, behind Ingram. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a situation where I think uh, Jones, in his first start, you know, they're going to play it safe. It's going to be a lot of Barkley, Ingram, and Shepard. Barkley, Ingram, and Shepard. Uh, mostly Barkley. Uh, so, but but I think it's time for Dan, Daniel Jones. Uh, I I don't think I'm starting him if, if I have him. Well, I'm starting him in the Scott Fishbowl because my uh, second quarterback was Cam Newton. So, luckily I have uh, uh, Daniel Jones on my bench there. Anyways, uh but I think Jones will be okay. He's shown that he's got poise. You know, he's he's a professional. I think he'll do okay. I don't think he's going to put up, 
you know, 300 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, old Danny Dimes is getting the start tonight, as, as Dennis just mentioned, for Eli Manning. I'm not expecting him to have a huge day. Again, if you had Eli Manning in Superflex Leagues, hopefully you backed him up with Daniel Jones. I feel like you can slide him right in. We'll do somewhat close to what Eli's been doing the entire season. He hasn't. Eli has not been bad, uh, despite what many may think. So I think Daniel Jones should be able to, to put go right in there. Uh, and I'm with you on Sterling Shepard. I think he's easily a flex play this week, probably in the – Low-end wide receiver two, maybe high-end wide receiver three. This week, we'll see what happens moving forward with Daniel Jones. We don't know how this offense is going to run. But I would definitely feel comfortable starting him uh, without really any kind of reservation. On the Bucks side there, their wide receivers are in, even though Mike Evans has struggled a little bit this year. Where you drafted him, you still got to keep throwing him out there. He eventually will bounce back, even as much for uh, as a person like me who, who does not think he's that good. Uh, he's going to eventually ball out and be that top 12 wide receiver that he's shown he can't be. And Chris Godwin has obviously been balling out this year as well. Is there anybody else in this offense that you would trust playing outside of those two against the Giants? Well, I think I'd trust Peyton Barber. Yeah, He's he's the number one guy there, and he he's going to get the touches. Now, what what are those touches going to be worth? Currently, it's 3.7 yards per carry. But he had 87 yards last week, I believe. Yeah. Uh, he, he's good at catching the ball. Uh, and the Giants are giving up the eighth most fantasy points uh, through two games to running backs. So it seems like it could be a good match for, you know, a fairly poor defense versus a, a maybe a little above mediocre running back. So... I, I'd be okay if I have to flex Barber, then, you, you know, you could do a lot worse with, with uh, some of the injuries going on out there. Very true. So someone we'll get to and talk about later, obviously, a guy like Devin Singletary who is out. If you have Peyton Barber, I don't disagree with you. He might be a good flex start this week. Uh, I don't know if I'd put him as high as, like, an RB2, but definitely, as you put, a well-worthy flex starter, especially with a with – a, Giants giving up as you put us. Uh, oh my goodness, I can't talk. As you said, the eighth most points to running back. So definitely a worthy uh, matchup this weekend, and probably one of the best weeks to get him in there. Who are you taking in this one? The Giants. Danny Dimes getting his first uh, win, or the Buccaneers continuing a winning streak? Uh, I think the Bucks are going to continue their winning streak. I'm going to take Danny Dimes. I just I got a good feeling about him. I think Saquon Barkley is going to run wild on Tampa Bay, and they're going to pull off the win and drive. Uh, all kinds of chaos in New York as they think they're going to the Super Bowl with their new quarterback. Next up, Bengals and the Bills. Cincinnati Bengals. If if you need Dalton, I think that he could be a good starter here. Has been much better than I think a lot of us anticipated. Zach Taylor and this offense have really been playing a lot better than we all thought. I think obviously Tyler Boyd is in. And maybe Mixon and John Ross? What are your takes on those two for the, in this week against a very good Bills defense, the best pass defense in the NFL right now? Well, I, I think Dalton's been playing pretty well, and I don't have any uh, hesitation starting him as a back-end QB1. Um, I, I, I think... You know, the Bills' defense is looking good. That team is starting to come together nicely. But Dalton is the guy there. Uh, it's not Dolagala or uh, who they got. They, they signed some veteran backup, too. 
that uh, I don't seem to remember. Uh, the heart, th- you know, they're still having a lot of struggles with health on their offensive line. Cordy Glenn is out still with his concussion. Um, rookie Michael Jordan is questionable. So their their offensive, it, you know, they they need to solve that offensive line so that Mixon can give them a, a more balanced game. Uh, you know, Mixon's an, a great pass catcher, uh, but he's also a great runner. But he's just getting overwhelmed in the backfield. Uh, I actually like John Ross. I think he's he's showing that he has a, a prominent role in this offense, and I'm comfortable starting John Ross as my wide receiver three. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I, I do think that Ross is he's shown it two weeks in a row now, and, and in all honesty, he showed flashes of this last year. Outside of the injury, who knows if maybe he would have done this last year. He's looked really good in this offense. They've been getting him the ball. It's not like he's gotten one or two targets a game and just happens to be breaking off these huge touchdown runs. They're actually targeting him with the ball. I think it's going to be a bigger question on whether to start him or not when A.J. Green comes back. I would feel comfortable throwing him out there as my wide receiver two or flex because all it takes is that one catch and he could take it to the house a la Deshaun Jackson. So I feel fine playing him. I am worried about Mixon as you were just talking about with the offensive line. I do think he could be in for a rough game here again against a very good Bills defense. But chances are you don't have two better running backs to play over him. So you're going to have to throw him out there and hope maybe he gets you a touchdown uh, to kind of salvage your day. But don't expect a big game out of Mixon in this one. On the Bills side, Josh Allen is a top QB every single week. I think it's out of the discussion now. He has to be played if you own him, unless you own Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. I don't see any of the other quarterbacks being better than him every single week. Not just what he's been doing a little bit better throwing-wise, but obviously his rushing upside is tremendous. I also think that that is going to help him out even more with Devin Singletary being out, something we, me and Matt touched on on the Monday podcast was that when they get down into the red zone, they are not afraid to run it in with Josh Allen. I think that will continue possibly even more with Singletary being out, which might hurt Frank Gore's value a little bit. We know Devin Singletary is going to be out. So where do you have Frank Gore going in your lineups this week? I, I, I think Frank Gore has shown you know, he was getting the majority of the touches already in the backfield. Singletary was definitely the most productive of the two, but Gore is getting the touches. He's the guy that's going to be there. He's going to make. He's not going to miss the block. He's not going to fumble the ball. He isn't going to drop the screen pass. He's going to get you three point nine yards. So Frank Gore is going to go out there and he's going to carry the ball sixteen to eighteen times and do Frank Gore things. He's going to get you seventy yards, seventy five yards probably a touchdown, catch a couple screen passes uh, that are, that'll you know catch the Bengals off guard. It'll be more of a running back that runs the ball and a running back that catches the ball split with him and Yeldon this week than I think uh, they normally do with Singletary there. The roles will be a little more defined this week. But I, I like Gore. I think he's going to have a good game. 
Yeah, I think if you had Singletary and you picked him up, you, you can definitely throw him in there because he will get a bulk of the carries. We haven't seen much out of TJ Yeldon there, um, so I'm really not worried about Yeldon doing too much to eat into his value. The only thing I'm worried about is what I just mentioned in Josh Allen. When they get down into the red zone, will they give it to Frank Gore and let him run it in, or will they try and do something to let Allen get it in? Obviously, him vulturing touchdowns from Gore will hurt his fantasy upside some, but all in all, a worthy play until Singletary comes back. John Smokey Brown and Cole Beasley have actually had two very good weeks with uh, Josh Allen there at quarterback. Are you trusting putting either one of those in your lineup this week? Or them, I should say, not those. They're not things. They're people. You know, uh, as a Zay Jones guy, I'm bummed out about it. But I, I do think that they're definitely higher in the pecking order. Brown has settled into uh, – he, I, he's the number one guy there. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to expect a 51-yard pass for Cole Beasley on a regular basis, but in a PPR format, Beasley is certainly in the play uh, for a flex spot. You know, he's he's you know a seven for seventy kind of guy on most days. Yeah, I think I know Beasley has looked really good playing in the slot. Had a bunch of catches last week and some yards. I, I feel like I would. I'd rather play John Brown in my flex spot over Beasley if I had to pick one or the other. Just based oh yeah, if on, I was picking one, definitely Brown. Yeah. Brown, yeah, I'm right. That's what I'm thinking too. I, I do think, obviously, depending on your roster makeup and everything, you could play both. But I just feel more comfortable starting Browns. I think his touchdown upside is higher. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you have to play Beasley as your as your probably your flex, I can't imagine he's anybody's wide receiver too. But you never know. Uh, flex spot. I don't think either one of them is a bad matchup this week against the Bengals, who have struggled against the uh, really against the pass and run both weeks so far. So I, I, I feel fine playing both of them, but I like John Brown's upside just a little bit more. Who you pick or who you picking to win this game? The Bills or the Bengals? I'm going to go with the Bills. As am I. Let's talk about another game that's probably not going to have a whole lot of eyes on it this week, and that is the Miami Dolphins and the Dallas Cowboys. For the Dolphins side of things, so Josh Rosen is getting his first start, which, I mean, might be semi-interesting. We'll have to see what happens there. Outside of Rosen, and would you even be willing to start Rosen with it being his first start? Is there anybody on the Miami Dolphins you'd be willing to plug into your lineup for fantasy? Well, it depends on how deep my roster is. Uh, I can tell you that uh, on my complete teardown rebuild, I'm starting Kenyon Drake. Uh, okay. On another on another team that I'm a little more stacked at running back than I am wide receiver, uh, I'm throwing out Preston Williams. So I, I feel like the opportunity for Preston Williams to have a breakout in gar- a, you know to be a garbage time hero is there. Again, it's going to come down to can the offensive line keep Josh Rosen upright long enough to get the ball down the field? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I love Kenyon Drake. As you know, we've both been very big supporters of his. I, I, I just feel they use Kalen Balaj for who knows what reason so much that it's going to continue to hurt Kenyon Drake's. Uh, 
Upside, I actually am in the same position as you. We're in a deeper league. I am starting him as one of my flex starters. It's one of those where you start two QBs and then 14 other offensive players, and it's just so deep you have to kind of throw in those guys you drafted. And I drafted him high because I expected them to do more. Didn't expect him to go into full rebuild mode. I really wouldn't trust anybody else. I'll, I'll give you one nugget, and I bet you'll you'll agree with me on this, and you'll be watching this too. Preston Williams has looked really good the first two weeks with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I would love to see how good he does with Josh Rosen. Definitely not someone I would throw in my lineups, but it's two weeks in a row he's put up double-digit points for fantasy. So, might be definitely a guy worth watching, a guy you've talked about, obviously, all offseason. Uh, a guy who could really be securing his spot as a top, the top wide receiver option in Miami moving forward with the rebuild. On the Cowboys' side, I feel like this is just very easy analysis. You're just starting everybody. I mean, we saw what the Patriots did and what the Ravens did against this defense in Weeks 1 and 2. Dak is in, Zeke is in, Amari is in, and so is Randall Cobb. I guess the quick question I'll ask you before we move on is, are you willing to start either one of the tight ends, and are you willing to start Devin Smith, who is going to be getting an increased role with Michael Gallup being out? What? I think Smith, it was nice to see Smith flash as a, as a Buckeye. Um, if, if he takes that Randall Cobb role, if he gets those, or excuse me, Michael Gallup role, uh, getting those snaps on the outside, I, I think that it could be there. I'm probably not going to start Smith. Uh, I think they're going to get up. I think Zeke is going to get a couple touchdowns. Amari probably get a touchdown. Uh, I, I feel like there, there's going to be a lot of points scored, but you don't necessarily know where they're going to come from. Is it going to be, you know, a touchdown for everybody kind of night? Is it going to be a three touchdown night for Zeke? Yeah. So, you know, I'm probably going to try to stay more top heavy uh, because the chances of them getting up and playing backups is, is going to exist. And, you know, while everybody seems to be piling on them, you know, they they're getting blown out, and it's it's crazy. Yeah. But I, I, I at some point, teams are going to have to go. You know what? We're starting the fourth quarter, and we're up by thirty five. You know, let's just let's just we can take our foot off the gas. We're not getting style points. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Baltimore did do that in week one. They had Robert Griffin and everything out there. He ended up throwing a touchdown pass. The one thing I'll say on that is, you know, a lot of people are getting upset about that. You can't blame them. I mean, what, Robert Griffin can't purposely not throw the ball to the, a wide-open wide receiver in the end zone and everything. They have to keep playing, but they did put their backups in. New England didn't because that's New England. I mean, I didn't expect right. them not to, but, and I agree with you. I think the Cowboys will do the same. That's actually the one thing that semi-worries me about this week is I could very easily see a busted coverage or something in Amari Cooper or Randall Cobb getting a couple touchdowns, and then they do take their foot off the gas pedal, and it hurts Zeke's day, or vice versa. As you said, maybe Zeke goes wild, scores a couple touchdowns, and so in that case, they're not throwing the ball to Amari as much, and so he doesn't get that big of a day, because I agree, they will eventually take their foots off the gas. Chances are everybody's going to ball out in this one, but don't be surprised if someone doesn't have a huge day here just based on one player dominating the game, whether it's Amari, Cobb, Zeke. I'm sure there's a high probability all of them do it, but don't be surprised if one of them doesn't because they will eventually take their foots off the gas. Any chance you're taking the Dolphins in this one? No. Yeah, 
ah, I'm right there with you. I, I just I can't do it. I mean, unless you're gonna, you know, give me a million dollars if the if the Dolphins win, then I will gladly take the Dolphins. But now, yeah, I'm with you. Next up, we have the Broncos and the Packers, which I think might be a sneaky good game this Sunday. On the Broncos side of things, for me, the only set-and-forget player on this team is Emmanuel Sanders. How he has come back and looked as good as he has with an injury, the Achilles injury that he had back in last November is outstanding to me. Lindsey and Freeman continue to be almost a full 50-50 split. Do you think, if you whether you own both or you only own one or the other, do you think you can play both of them against a very good Packers defense? Well, the Packers are, looks like they're giving up mm, about the 12th most fantasy points to running backs. Um, or actually, let me read. Uh, 10th most fantasy points to running backs which I think puts Freeman and Lindsey both in flex consideration. Okay. Uh, It's a a situation that if you own one of them, that you're you're probably going to be frustrated uh, until that offense starts producing at a high level. It's going to be a situation where you're looking at, uh, you know, flex to the occasional, you know, Lindsey might have the occasional day where he explodes, uh, and is super efficient, but I think for the most part they're they're kind of flex guys uh, until that offense takes it another step or two. Yeah, I think if you have both, you can probably feel safe playing both. I would still prefer to play Lindsey just based on what he's been doing in the receiving game, but. Uh, Freeman has been getting a couple more catches here, that, especially last week, and is is looking more explosive. So I would not be surprised uh, if that does start to come back. But Lindsey had a couple big plays last week against the Bears, had called back on offensive penalty calls. So when you look at the box score, it looks like both of them were pretty much the same player. Lindsey actually had a few really explosive runs that got called back. So I'm still believing in Lindsey. If you had both, I would start Lindsey over Freeman. But if you own one or the other, I feel like, just as you said, they're both safe flex plays tonight. Cortland Sutton uh, really had a good game week one, struggled last week against a very good Bears secondary, had the ribs injury. He is good to go. Would you feel safe putting him in your flex spot this week, or would you kind of give him a week off? You know, it comes down to your options, really. But uh, I'm a big Cortland Sutton fan. So if I have him, uh, he's probably my wide receiver four, maybe wide receiver three even. And at that case, I'm probably looking at starting him uh, in my flex spot. Yeah, I would feel safe doing it. I'm a huge Sutton fan as well. Uh, Packers secondary has looked good in the first two games, so they haven't played in a very explosive offense in those first two games, so it'll be interesting to see what they can do here. Uh, Joe Flacco really started to look a lot better toward the second half of that Bears game. Maybe they'll continue to bring it on. Deeper league flex spot, I, I, depending on who you have, obviously, I feel like he could easily finish low-end uh, wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three this week against the Packers. On the Packers side of things, you're starting Aaron Rodgers, you're starting Aaron Jones, you're starting Devontae Adams. However, Devontae Adams will be going up against Chris Harris Jr., who this year, he has not done this in the past. This is the first year they've let him do this. He is now shadowing the best wide receiver all over the field. He's always played as the slot cornerback, is now moving to shadowing the best player. 
That is not necessarily good news for Devontae Adams. I know he's an absolute stud and is likely going to still put up decent points, but Chris Harris Jr. is is one of the top cornerbacks in the league. What would you expect out of Adams this week? Do you still expect him to finish as a top, say, 12 to 15 option, or do you think he might struggle a little bit against a very good cornerback? So where was Adams' ADP at the beginning of the season? He was, uh, he was 107, yeah. 106, 108. Yeah, he was going behind Hopkins. or uh, It was him and Hopkins everywhere that I saw. So you're starting Adams. You're putting him out there. You're rolling him out as your wide receiver one. And you're going to roll him out there every single week. Is he going to have a tough matchup occasionally? Sure. But do you expect him to beat that tough matchup? Yes. That's why he's a mid to late first rounder. So... Yeah, Harris is a good cornerback. Adams has to make plays, and he, I, I, I see no I, – I can't find a single justification to bench or, or move down somebody that you drafted it with the 106-107 pick. You, roll up, you drafted them there because they're pretty much matchup proof, and you're going to roll them out there regardless. Oh, yeah. Put them out there with confidence. Uh, believe you got to believe. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I would never advocate benching Adams. My whole point with the Chris Harris argument is just don't expect him. If you only get you say ten points this week, a couple catches, maybe 40, 50 yards, and a touchdown, so right around eleven or twelve points. Don't be too disappointed because he is going to have a tough matchup this week. But he's still going to be Devontae Adams. I'm with you on that. I would never advocate benching him. I just want to let everybody know ahead of time that this is not going to be some matchup where Devontae Adams is going to be able to run wild and get you 80 yards, couple touchdowns. He might do it, but I would say it's probably a safer projection this week to say he's going to get you you know, high-end wide receiver two numbers, not that high-end wide receiver one production you drafted at him, but he will have those games. And then there's going to be a lot more games this year where he's going to win you weeks with his production. So don't fret. Don't worry about it. It just might not be a great game for him. Are you, uh, who are you picking to win this game, the Packers or the Broncos? Uh, I love you, Fallon, but I'm picking the Packers. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm, I'm going Packers all day long. Next up, possible shootout potential between the Atlanta Falcons and the Indianapolis Colts. On the Falcons' side, I think with everything they've shown us the first two weeks, you are definitely starting Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. There is no if ands, or buts about those three being in your lineup. However, there is a big question about a guy a lot of people thought would bounce back. Through two weeks, he has not looked good at all. Devonta Freeman, what are you doing with him this week if you have him on your team? Man, he has not looked good, and and uh, I, I think you, you you still got to put him out there in your RB two spot and and pray for RB two numbers. Uh, it's it's not like Ito Smith is gonna set the world on fire. Um, my guy Quadri Allison still hasn't moved his way up the depth chart to get uh, any real opportunity, uh, and Brian Hill isn't isn't really getting any opportunity, so. You know, they believe in uh, Devonta Freeman, and I think they're going to keep giving him the ball. It's probably just a matter of time before he breaks out. Uh, you know, he's supposed to be healthy after being dinged up last year. It's a tough spot, man, because he hasn't looked great. But I, I think you put him out there and uh, uh, expect, uh, you know, fair to middling numbers. 
Yeah, so as someone who bought highly into his bounce back fantasy this year in a couple of new dynasty leagues that I joined, uh, I am with you. I, you have to kind of throw him out there likely where you took him. I am not feeling great about it. He's in almost a virtual, I shouldn't say virtual timeshare, but they've been giving Edo Smith the ball a lot more than I expected them to. Maybe that's something to do with them just trying to ease Devonta Freeman back into the offense because he did miss the entire year for the most part last year. Uh, but that does worry me a little bit. My hope is that they're going in against the Colts, which have a subpar run defense right now, uh, that he has a good game, and in which case I would sell, sell, sell as quickly as you could on Devonta Freeman. Take that one good game and get out of the Freeman business if possible because I, I am extremely worried about what I've seen out of him in the first two games. Uh, before we do, uh, or before we move on to the Colts side of things, what about Austin Hooper? Would you feel safe playing him as a top tight end option this week against the Colts? Yeah, I, you know, Austin Hooper, you know, part-time bottle cap screwer, part-time uh, tight end. I, I most definitely think that he's starting to come into a little more consistency, I think. And he's a good tight end. Yeah. Uh, I think you, you roll him out there and you, you, uh, you, you know, from 6 to 16, tight end is an abyss. Yeah, and absolutely. He's he's but he's a guy that you know is going to get the snaps, and you score points when you're on the field. All right, so on the Colts side of things, uh, Jacoby Brissett has proved that he can be a legit QB starter with some upside. I think he's probably a QB two this week, but Atlanta has been thrown on quite well the past couple games, so maybe even higher than that. But I would feel very comfortable putting Brissett in my lineups. T.Y. Hilton is in, dealing a little bit with an injury, but he should be fine, and he's obviously in your lineups, no doubt about that. Marlon Mack, um, yeah, Marlon Mack is going to play, it looks like. He did practice today, so he should be good. However, if he is not in, I think it's going to be the Wilkins and the Hines show. Wilkins looked very good last week. You know, that's my guy from last year. Glad he finally showed up in 2019 because he didn't show up in 2018. Uh, but he looked good in place of Mac last week. So I guess the real question is, Mac dealing with the injury, would you feel safe playing him at all? Uh, I'd be hesitant. I've got a, I've got a number of shares of Marlon Mac. And to date, he has not shown uh, much effectiveness when he is dinged up. Yeah. And so I, I have some legitimate concerns about him uh, hampering the team more than helping the team. You know, they're those backs, the, the Adrian Petersons that, you know, at 75% are better than uh, most backs. Uh, Marlon Mack hasn't shown that he's that kind of back. You know, when, when he's dinged up, he, he struggles. So I, I, I'm hoping he get. I hope they call it. I hope he's out. I hope they give him the week and I hope he's out so I can start Wilkins with full confidence. Yeah. But man, it's gonna, it's gonna be touch and go. Yep. Then again, he could go in there and, uh, you know, put up some numbers. But uh, where are we at here? Looking, uh, the Colts—they're middle of the, or the excuse me, the Falcons—they're they're giving up about 17 points per game fantasy points to running backs. Uh -huh. So, you know, you just kind of gotta hope that he hope that he's healthy enough. I do think it's interesting. We're talking about 
an offensive shootout with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, though. Hey, I said it in the offseason. I did not think he was going to be as bad as everybody thought. Uh, the Jacoby Brissett looked good at times a couple years ago behind a not a good, a horrible offensive line, I think is actually fair to say, and not at all the Indianapolis Colts team that he now has around him. I think Frank Reich has proven that he is a good offensive play caller. Jacoby Brissett is not a bad quarterback, and that I think that's why they locked him up to the two-year deal. Now, will they draft a quarterback in next year's draft? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but I don't think Jacoby Brissett is going to be at all a bad player the, the the entire season. I think the Colts have a good team, and I think they're going to continue to be right there in that wild card discussion. I don't think that they win their division, uh, but I do think that they still have a shot to make the wild card, or at least be in contention for it most of the season. And I'm with you on Marlon Mack. I hope that they rule him out, because I think Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines will both be valuable plays this week if Mack is out. Hines in the receiving game and Wilkins as the runner. If you have either one of those, if they end up ruling Mack out, I think you feel fine playing either one of them as a flex starter, possibly even RB2. Eric Ebron has uh, bounced back a little bit last week, but has not quite looked like the player we thought, or I don't know if we should say thought, but the player he was last year. Uh, do you feel safe starting him in your lineup this week as your, your top tight end? Well, I think if I have Eric Ebron as my top tight end, I don't have a whole hell of a lot of other choices. <laughs> That's probably true. And then Deion Kane and Paris Campbell. We saw Paris Campbell get his first NFL touchdown last week. It was good to see as a Buckeyes fan. Uh, would you even consider starting either one of them and say not in just a regular league? Obviously, deeper leagues, you're probably playing at least one of them. Uh, but would you play one of them in hopes that they possibly do something in a, in a shootout format? And do you think either one of them can step up? We haven't, we didn't see much of it last week with Funches being out. Well, I, they have to develop their rapport with Brissett and figure out consistently what is that offense going to look like now. You know, Funches is gone. Luck is gone. This is this is the team now. What are what are the roles going to be? We know what Ty Hilton is. We know what Jack Doyle is. If, to a certain extent, we know what Marlon Mack is. But the the rest of the receiving game that needs to they need to get established. You know, Kane on the outside, uh, Campbell in the slot, or vice versa or Kane and Campbell on the outside and Hilton in the slot, whatever it is, they need to say, this is who we are, this is what we're going to do, and we're gonna, if we're going to throw the ball 30 times a game, this is how we're going to dispense the targets. And you either make something, make something out of those targets or Zach Pascal is going to be in there. <laughs> All right, who are you picking to win this one, the Falcons or the Colts? I'm going to roll with the Colts. As am I, I like it. All right, next up we've got another game that could be a shootout in the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. For the Ravens side of things, obviously I feel like Lamar Jackson has, has shown you that he is worthy of starting. He's likely going to be a QB, QB top five QB right now. Uh, so he's definitely in your lineup, as are Mark Ingrams and uh, Mark Andrews. The real question is going to be, are you finally trusting Hollywood Brown and are you putting him in your lineup as a wide receiver to reflex? You know, I, I think Brown is establishing himself as the deep threat on that team. Um, I'm still nervous about the consistent, consistency. Uh, I, if I'm, he's probably not in my top 36 yet. So 
if it's if we have just you know two wide receivers and one flex, he's probably not making my lineup yet. Uh, I, I still am nervous about the volume of that running game and the comfort level that uh, Jackson has with Andrews at the intermediate level. I mean, Andrews Andrews might be the tight end one this year. Yeah, oh yeah, I don't think, I think there's a realistic shot on that, and it makes me and you look really good, because we both had him in our top five this year, uh, when we talked about tight ends earlier in the offseason, so I am excited, uh, only thing I hate is in my main dynasty league, I sold him, and, and I'm really kind of pissed off that I did that, but all in all, yeah, I'm with you, I think that the, that, uh, actually, I, if you need a high upside play, which I imagine you agree with this, if you need an upside play, I would not mind throwing him out there in a flex spot. If you're playing maybe someone that you think uh, has a better team than you, you're looking for a guy who might just bu- uh, might just be a big boom, uh, I would throw him in there because I do think this is going to be a shootout game. Uh, but I'm I'm with you. I just I don't necessarily trust him yet in putting him in there. I know he's had two good weeks. But they haven't played anybody good either. Not that the Kansas City Chiefs are rock stars on defense, but man, I just, I'm worried about it. But if you need a guy who you know can score you a touchdown as soon as they catch the ball, give me Marquise Brown. I would throw him in my flex and feel somewhat safe about that. On the Chiefs side of things, you got a bunch of guys who can clearly do that every time they get the ball. You're starting Patrick Mahomes, no, no doubt. Demarcus Robinson is in at least this week. Uh, we've seen him ball out. Obviously, had a great game last week. Obviously, we don't expect him to do the same thing. What about Sammy Watkins and Miko Hardman in this one? Well, I think it was Watkins week one, Robinson week yeah. two. So it's Hard- Hardman's week this week. You heard right? it here is first, this- guys. That's right. I, I'm with you. <laughs> that, that only makes sense, you know. Mahomes is, you know, he's taking turns with him. Going to keep them all happy every third game. One of you is going to go off, go crazy. No, I, uh, I. You know, there's definitely consistency issues on that side of the 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 ledger. It, it's it's a situation where if they can't stop uh, Baltimore's running game, it may really limit the Chiefs' possessions. Mm-hmm. So, but also, if they get out early, then. The, the Ravens may have to throw the ball more than they want to, and it could lead to, you know, inefficiency from uh, the Ravens. It, th- this game is going to be really, really interesting to watch, especially with the top two running backs with, with Damian Williams out and LaShawn McCoy questionable. Yeah. You know, it, it may, you know, Mahomes may throw the ball 70 times. Yeah, I would doubt that. What would? Uh, how comfortable would you feel throwing Darwin Thompson in this week uh, with Shady being questionable? Darwin Thompson still got a little bit of a run in the first two games. Uh, would you feel comfortable throwing him out there with uh, say, well, say Sh- they say Shady's going to play? Would you feel comfortable throwing Darwin in as a dart throw flex player? Uh probably not. I okay. think that uh, you know Darwin is the, he's not he's the fourth on the depth chart. And they, you know, they like Daryl Williams. You know, every you know every team needs a slow fat kid, and I guess that's Daryl Williams. And so they they like what he you know brings to the table. He's a professional, I guess. He's where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there. Uh, and and honestly, he hasn't looked bad in his opportunities. Yeah. So if if McCoy is you know he's going to be the number two behind McCoy. And if McCoy goes out, then I think Thompson gets a boost in, in snaps. 
but I think he ends up being, you know, pretty close. The best I think he could hope for is going to be a 50-50 split with Williams. Now, I do think Thompson has the capability to outproduce Williams uh, on fewer snaps because he's just that much more dynamic. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right, so who are you taking, the Ravens or the Chiefs? I'm going to take the Ravens to upset them. Oh, I'm taking the Chiefs just because I, I need them to come back to earth a little bit. So give me the Chiefs. Next up, the Raiders and the Vikings. For the Raiders side of things, I think it's fairly safe to play Tyrell Williams and Darren Waller every week. Uh, they've shown throughout the first two weeks that they are very uh, productive fantasy-wise, so I think they're both safe. However, Josh Jacobs, great week, week one. Struggled a little bit there in week two, and then has been dealing with sick, uh, sickness all this week. How comfortable are you throwing him in as a RB2 or flex starter this week? You know, I'm going to have to keep my ear to the ground and find out, you know, how he's bouncing back from being sick. Because that really, being ill like that saps your energy a lot. Yeah. And your strength. Uh, leading up to this, uh, I got to say I was coming around on Jacobs if for no other reason than volume. And, you know, being sick, having that energy sapped and that strength sapped from you, uh, that's going to possibly create some opportunities uh, for uh, DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard. That doesn't mean that uh, Jacobs doesn't get the lion's share of the carries, but I could see Richard getting some more snaps. He's proven himself as a receiving back. Uh, Washington has shown that he can be a capable runner or a capable change of pace. So I'm comfortable with Jacobs in the flex where uh, leading up to this week before he was sick, I was starting to feel, you know, RB2-ish fairly comfortably, but I'm a little skittish this week. All right. On the Vikings side of things, I think you can start them all this week. I know Kirk Cousins obviously struggled last week, and so did Stephon Diggs. Really bailed your day out with that touchdown catch. However, surprising to many, I would assume, the Oakland Raiders are the worst pass defense in the league. They have given up the most yards and points to wide receivers so far this season. I know it's crazy to think with as bad as Miami has been. Miami is actually third on the list. Philadelphia is second, and we'll get to Philadelphia in a little bit. So I think it's fairly safe to play Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, and Stephon Diggs. I actually talked about on yesterday's episode that I think Stephon Diggs breaks out in this one, goes over 100 yards, and scores a touchdown. Still dealing with the hammy a little bit, but I think he's finally going to be good and ready to go. Dalvin Cook, man, an absolute baller. And Adam Thielen, even though it hasn't really shown it in the box scores has still been a productive producer do you have any concerns about those those four guys going into this game uh my concern is with Diggs. okay i when he's 100 percent healthy he's the best receiver on that team when he's 99 percent healthy he's not for whatever reason he does he's not able to play through uh Soft tissue injury is too strong a word, but man, his production just suffers when he's dinged up, and and it scares me. I I think Dalvin Cook uh, has show, shown that they're you know they're going to ride Dalvin Cook. He he said, "You put your faith in me, Mike Zimmer. 
you want to run the ball, and I'm going to run the damn ball. So the opportunity for the safeties to move up for Diggs and Thielen to get behind them is certainly going to be there. Uh, I, I, I am facing a situation this week where I, as I currently sit with my saved lineup, uh, I'm starting Mason Rudolph in a superplex over Kirk Cousins. Mm, okay. Because I'm just damn nervous about Cousins' production this year. He, he's, he ha- the volume hasn't been there. Uh, and, and so I, I'm, you know, I, I'm probably going to change it back before kickoff, but man, I'm, I'm going to need to do some looking around and, and, and make my way in this situation. All right. So who are you taking the Raiders or the Vikings? I'm going to take the Vikings. As am I. Next game, the New York Jets versus the New England Patriots. Another game not a lot of people will likely be watching. You got Luke Falk in at quarterback with the injury to Trevor Simeon on Monday Night Football and Sam Darnold still being out with Mono. On the Jets side, I think it's safe to say you're only starting Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Robbie Anderson did look good at the end of that game with Luke Falk, but I think you've got to see it before you're willing to start him. Le'Veon Bell is it for the Jets. On the Patriots side of things, A.B. has been released. We've seen a lot of stuff building up to this possibly happening with all of the rumors coming out with the sexual assault allegations and everything else. So not necessarily a surprise that the Patriots finally decided to give up on A.B. So with A.B. being out, that likely increases Gordon's value back up. We saw Gordon and Edelman both take a little bit of a hit last week in the Miami game, though I do think that was more because they had scripted that drive to go heavily to A.B. to get him involved. What would you do with these wide receivers? Would you feel safe playing Gordon and Edelman now with A.B. gone? Oh, yeah. I mean, you're always going to be safe playing Edelman. And uh, A.B. was going to have his role. It probably would affect would have affected Gordon. But, you know, Josh Gordon is going to be Josh Gordon now. He's going to be six foot four and 225 pounds running a 4-4 on the outside, you know, fighting for jump balls. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Philip Dorsett, you know, he's going to he's the one who's really going to get the boost and possibly James White. So, it, it's you know, AB's gone. I was just looking here uh, ESPN Boston is reporting that uh, Antonio Brown is not likely to get uh, any of his 9 million dollar signing bonus from yeah. the Patriots either because they're going to exercise a representation warranty clause to void the signing bonus, which basically is saying, hey, you knew you had this going on, and you didn't tell us about it, and that wasn't right, so we're not giving you the money. Yeah, that is not surprising. We'll we'll definitely talk more on that in the coming weeks if he ends up signing on a team, but I know both of us were talking off-air, and we, we both pretty much think he's done, at least for this season. Maybe he comes back next year, but I don't think he lands on a team this year. On the RB side of things, uh, James White, I feel, is a fairly safe play with what he's done in the receiving game and everything. How comfortable are you starting Sony Michelle? I'm very comfortable starting Sony Michelle. I think, uh, you know, they're. I actually expected them to rest him last week um, because they were going to blow out the Dolphins, and they didn't uh, rest him. They went ahead and they played him. And, you know, the, the Jets, they're a kind of middle of the pack versus the run but uh i i think the the patriots are gonna give him his 15 to 18 carries 
he'll get his 80 to 100 yards and go on with his day. All right, who you picking, the Patriots or the Jets? <laughs> I don't even really know why I asked that, but... <laughs> I'm going to go Jade. No, Patriots. I'm going Patriots. As am I. Lions-Eagles. That should be a very interesting game in this one. On the Lions side, I think Stafford and Kenny G are in for a good game this week. As I talked about, Eagles, the second most passing yards and points to wide receivers given up so far this season. I think both of them are easy plays. What about on Johnson? Struggled week one. Bounced back in week two. Easily throwing in your lineup and locking it in? I think with Carrion, uh, he's definitely top 24. Okay. You, know, you drafted him probably, what, late second, third round? Yeah, probably third round for most. So you're, you're going to be, you know, he, he's at worst your second running back. Maybe your third if you went running back, running back, running back, and you were at the beginning of, uh, of the, the draft. But... Carrion is, you know, he he's a good running back, and he's I think he's going to be just fine. I think Kenny Galladay is the one who is starting to take the step to, you know, you know top ten wide receiver status. He is showing that he's he's the alpha. He's take, you know, he's going to start taking over games. I'm excited to see his growth continue throughout this year. Yeah, as am I. And with, with the Eagles' defense being so bad against the pass, would you uh, be willing to start Hawkinson or Marvin Jones this week? i definitely start Marvin. Okay. Um, you know, Hawkinson, he's a rookie tight end. You know, I think you're looking at a season of, are you getting week one or are you getting week two? Until I can see him consistently over a three- or four-week period put up, good numbers, uh-huh. I'm going to struggle to believe that there will be, you know, you know, that he's going to be that kind of guy. It, it, the development is slow, and is, as well as he has shown at times, he's still a rookie tight end, and yeah. you, you've got to get through these growing pains. For the Eagles side, obviously you're starting Carson Wentz uh, has has looked extremely good this year, but he's he's kind of walking. He's playing with the Walking Dead right now. It seems like he does not have a lot left around him. Alshon Jeffrey out, Deshaun Jackson out, both possibly until Week Five of this season. So Nelson Aguilar steps up, had a great game last week. Should have had another touchdown had he not dropped the pass and him right on the hands wide open down the sideline. That was terrible. Yeah. That was just terrible. And that's what we've seen out of him, though, too. We saw uh, Mac Hollins get a lot of run as well, and then everybody talking up the rookie, J-Jaw, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who everybody uh, loved coming out, or not everybody, but a lot of us who paid attention loved coming out of Stanford. I think Aguilar is easily going into your your wide receiver, two or even flex spot, depending on on how loaded you are at wide receiver, but he's in your lineup this week because he is is the play. Uh, I actually think... He's the only one. Would you be willing to throw Hollins or JJ in this week? You know, well, Goddard is Goddard still out. Too? Goddard is out as well. Um, yes, I'm sorry, Ertz. I forgot all about Ertz. I'm glad you brought up Goddard. Ertz is obviously in your lineup as well. Don't forget him. So, you know, when I look at it here, Detroit is giving up uh, sixth most fantasy points to running backs. Uh huh. So I think we're looking at a Miles Sanders breakout. I like it. So if Sanders is moving the ball on the ground, obviously that limits the that cuts back on the pass plays. Yeah. Um, 
but I don't think that Aguilar has shown the propensity to be a wide receiver one. So somebody is going to get eight targets. Is it going to be Hollins? Is it going to be Whiteside? Um, and I honestly, I, it's a crapshoot. If I'm going to start one of them, I'm probably going to start Hollins okay. because I feel like Hollins is going to be on. He's going to get more snaps than Whiteside. Uh, I feel like he's been there longer. He knows the offense better, and he they can do more of the playbook with Hollins there. Whiteside, I think, is is good, uh, but I feel like Hollins is going to edge him out in the snaps, and you, you, you can't score fantasy points on the bench. So I would guess that Hollins gets more targets than Whiteside. Uh, you know, Whiteside, you know, he's great in the end zone in college, so maybe he gets a, a touchdown uh, to even it out between the two of them. Uh, you know, if I can stay away from that, I, I, I might. Yeah, I would. If it were me, I'd try to avoid both of them altogether. The only one I would feel safe playing is Aguilar. If you need a high upside play, uh, I would actually play Whiteside because of what you just said. He's a he is a red zone monster. He showed that in college. Showed it in the preseason this year. And with Dallas Goddard being out, he is going to be probably their second best option size wise next to Zach Ertz. So I, if you need a guy with upside possible scoring potential, definitely throw JJ in. Otherwise, it would be wet wet. My goodness, Wentz Ertz. And Aguilar for me, and that's it outside of Sanders, as you talked about, who could have a huge breakout game, and I'm looking forward to it because that kid has looked good in the limited time that they've let him be on the field. Who are you picking, the Lions or the Eagles? Yeah, I'm going to let my homerness come through here, and I'm going to take the Lions. Hey, I don't think it's homerous at all. I'm actually taking the Lions as well in this one. A, a surprising team to start off the season, going to be 2-0-1. Oh, the Texans and the Chargers, I think this game really is not going to need much fantasy breakdown. Is on the Texans' side, you're starting Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, and Carlos Hyde as he is clearly out-snapping Duke Johnson. But what about Will Fuller? Do you feel fine or do you feel safe putting him in as a flex or wide receiver too this week? I, I think if Fuller's playing, he's always flex-worthy. Okay. He's, he's shown the connection with uh, uh, Deshaun Watson that you— even me, a noted Fuller hater, I admit that there's a connection between the two of them. Watson looks for him, yeah. you know, and, and and part of it, it I, I I was you know reading some stuff, and what it comes down to is so Watson takes a lot of sacks and doesn't throw to the running backs much. Well, because he's trying to stay alive uh, and make plays, and that's those plays are not checkdowns to the running back. Those plays are bombs downfield. Mm-hmm. So when he gets pressure and he moves out and he gets on the run and he's he's moving, he's not he he doesn't look to run, but he also doesn't look to check the ball down. He looks to throw the ball downfield. Yeah, and and that that plays to Fuller. Honestly, that's what's hurt Duke Johnson the most. A lot of people were really excited when Duke got traded. Honestly, I think Duke went to a worse situation than he was in in Cleveland. Oh, yeah. I agree with you 100% on that. We've talked about it multiple times. Now, Deshaun Watson, over the entire season last year, checked the ball down 60 times to the running back. That's just not good. You need more than that. So, I'm with you at 100% on that, and I would feel safe playing Fuller in my flex spot. 
on the Chargers side, I think you're ju- you're starting at Austin Eckler, obviously, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and that is it. There's just nobody else on this offense worth starting right now. I mean, obviously, Phillip Rivers in a super flex you are, but outside of that, you are not starting him. Uh, who are you picking for this game, the Chargers or the Texans? Mm, I'm going to go with the Chargers, I think. I think As, their defense is a little better. Yeah. As am I. That is who I'm taking as well. The 49ers and the Steelers should be a very interesting game. The 49ers 2-0, the Steelers 0-2, and now starting Mason Rudolph on the Steelers' side. With Mason Rudolph in there, I still think that Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be good. They named Deontay Johnson the starter. So if you had to choose between Johnson or Washington, who are you starting this week out of those two? I'm still starting Washington. Yeah, as am I. I just, I, I do think if you're a Deontay Johnson owner, this is good news to see that he has been named a full-time starter. Uh, could mean some good things for him moving forward, but I'm with you. I think it's Juju in Washington, and that's it. James Conner is in. There's no doubt about that. What are your thoughts really quick on Mason Rudolph uh, coming in this week? You think he uh, lights, no, I shouldn't say lights it up. Do you think he shows out well, or do you think he struggles in this one against the 49ers? Well, the, the Niners have some injuries along their defensive front. You know, Bo, Bosa's questionable with an ankle. Um, you know, Eric Armstead is, is and, and DeForest Buckner rock solid. Um, decent uh, uh, linebackers. But Mason Rudolph, you know, he's Gardner Minshew with a big, bigger arm. Mm-hmm. So if, if, I, if I think that you know, Minshew looked good last night. Uh, I expect Rudolph to look a little bit better. And he's not afraid to, to throw the ball deep to Washington, uh, or Juju for that matter. So right. uh, it, it's his second year in the offense. So I, I think Rudolph is, is going to be fine. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, I currently have him uh, set up as my second QB in a Superflex league over uh, Kirk Cousins because – uh, I'm just nervous about the way Cousins has been shitting the bed with that low volume in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, I'm 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 with you actually. I have Rudolph going in a couple leagues as well. I think he's going to have a and I, I shouldn't say an outstanding week, but I would not be surprised if he finishes right in between that QB 12 to 15 range this week. Uh, a lot of weapons around him. And one interesting note I do want to. Uh, Note, before we move on to the 49ers, Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be coming back out of the slot again, which is where he did a lot of his damage last year. So I do like that, moving Deontay Johnson, James Washington to the outside and putting Juju back in the slot. On the 49ers side, your guy, Debo Samuel, balled out last week with that performance. Didn't look horrible in week one either, but really kind of showed himself in, in week two. Do you think with that performance he is a worthy flex starter every single week? Yeah, I, I definitely think he has stepped into the wide receiver one role in San Francisco. Uh, you know, Goodwin's going to get you some splash plays. Uh, Dante Pettis apparently was dating Kyle Shanahan's underage daughter and got caught. <laughs> Something. Dude is, you know, I, I've seen some players get in the doghouse. Man, this is crazy. Yeah. Dude is in the doghouse. So... You know, it, it's the Debo Samuel show, and he's making the most of it. Uh, I think he's grabbing that wide receiver one one job by the throat, and he's not letting it go. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I've got him in a couple leagues, and he is in my flex spot pretty much permanently moving forward. Uh, for you this week, would you rather have Raheem Mostert or Matt Breida? I think they're both going to be flex worthy. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Breida is probably the better of the two. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go, you know, if, if I if I can only start one of them in my flex spot, it's going to be Breda over Mostert. Yeah, I'm going to go the other way. Uh, Mostert, I think, I liked what I saw more out of him in the receiving game last week. Both actually, uh, Breda did play four more snaps than him, or, or got four more touches than him overall. Uh, so Breda obviously still the guy there, uh, but I like Mostert. I like the explosiveness we saw out of him last week. Again, he was really good last year before he broke his arm. I think he's going to continue to have a, a really good game here until, or games here until Tevin Coleman comes back. Who are you picking to win this one, the Steelers or the 49ers? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Steelers. I'm going with the 49ers, actually. All right, so next up, we got three games left. The Saints and the Seahawks, the Saints side of things. I think it's just Thomas and Kamara. Uh, I love Jared Cook. I was hoping for a bounce back here from him. I know you weren't as big on him. I don't think you can start him anymore until you see something from him. Uh, those two, Thomas and Kamara, the only worthy starters for me on that offense. On the Seahawks side, though, you got Wilson and Chris Carson are obviously uh, the the guys there, but what about Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf? Both have been getting targeted quite a lot. Metcalf got out or out targeted Lockett last week and actually put up a touchdown. Has had two really good games in uh, so far this season. Are you willing to start either, neither, or both on your fantasy team? Well, I, I think that Lockett, his opportunities are going to come. He's still the one there. Metcalf plays just a completely different role. Uh, I like what Metcalf is doing, and I like how they're using him. They're not trying to make him be something that they're not, that he's not. So that being said, I'm comfortable starting Lockett as my wide receiver, too, and Metcalf in my flex. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm comfortable, uh, you know, kind of looking back at the uh, Saints, I think that you can flex Latavius Murray too. Okay. The the Seahawks the Seahawks are in the bottom third uh, in points. Uh, oh no! Wait a minute. They're in the top third. Never mind. I'm going <laughs> to rescind that one. I had my chart upside down. Yeah, you're Sorted it backwards. But I like I like Lockett as a two and Metcalf in the flex. Uh, and Met, Metcalf is one of those guys. You know he he can give you those Ted Ginn games. Those yeah. You know three for a. 129 and two touchdowns. Yeah, for, for a guy who can only run one route, he sure as hell run that route really well those first two weeks. So I will... Uh, you know... Uh, it's like Chick-fil-A. They only do chicken, and they're great at it. Exactly. I lo- I, hey, as a guy who's been a big DK guy the whole time, I love it. I love he's proven his doubt is wrong. So who are you picking, the Saints or the Seahawks? I'm going to go with Teddy Ballgame. All right, I'm I'm gonna take the Saints as well, but I think it's a, a lot closer than people think, and I, I think uh, they're barely gonna pull it off. But I'm taking the Saints as well. All right, the Sunday night football game, and probably an ass beating for the Cleveland Browns. Unfortunately, the Cleveland Browns versus the Los Angeles Rams in Cleveland, another prime time game for them. 
Obviously, if you have Baker, Chubb, and OBJ, you are playing them. Uh, I, I'm not 100% sure I think they have a good game here. I think this could really be another uh, a bad game for them, although the, the Rams have struggled on the road. But Landry, now with David and Joku out, do you think that this gives Landry some more targets, and do you think this pushes him back up into that wide receiver two flex spot? Oh, certainly. Um, it, 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 they got to throw the ball somewhere. Uh, Higgins has been dinged up, so it's Damian Ratley season. So, honestly, it's it's Landry and it's OBJ and it's Chubb. And looking at the, uh, let's see, the Rams have given up the fourth most fantasy points uh, to running backs. So, hopefully, uh, Freddie Kitchens and Todd Munkin uh, run the ball. You know, they can go Evan Silva and establish the run there. Yeah. Um, but you've got one of the most dynamic wide receivers in OBJ and uh, one of the best slot receivers in uh, Jarvis Landry. You know, Baker's got to get right. I think, honestly, I think he lost focus this offseason. Uh-huh. And it's great. You know, he's being he's being Cleveland. And I dig it. You know, he's doing these really cool commercials and he's endearing himself to, you know, this hardworking area. Fantastic. But uh, it's time to complete passes now. He's yeah. got to get the ball down. He's got to get his head back in the game. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate that he's got a new wife and that he's got her in commercials with him. But it's football season, man. You know, we loved you last year because you, you were hitting these tight windows, and now you, you've got, you know, Josh Allen-esque accuracy going sometimes. Let, let's, get, let's get our head back in there. Yeah, I definitely hope they run the ball more like you were just talking about with Chubb. I do think that is part of the offensive issues. They have not really committed to the run this year like they had uh, last year. I think that's what helped power the offense last year. For the Rams side of things, I actually think Jared Goff might be worthy of a sit this week, depending on who else you have. He has not looked good the first two weeks and historically has struggled on the road. That being said, I still think Robert Woods... If you have Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, or Cooper Cup, I think you have to start them because two of them are going to have a good game. We've seen the first two weeks that two of them are going to have a good game, one's going to have a bad game. There's just no way to know which one it is going to be. Uh, So if you own all three of them, you have to start and hope that whichever one you own is going to have a good game that week. I think Todd Gurley is a good play, but you had someone you thought might be a dart throw play this week. Who is that? Yeah, I think with Tyler Higby out, you know, Gerald Everett is... From the tight end position, he can really stretch the middle of the field. And we saw it last year. Uh, you know, he made a couple big plays late in the season, and they don't use the tight end a ton. But if he can, if he gets open, you know, we've got it. We're going to have a rookie linebacker playing back there, Mac Wilson, with Kirksey out. The opportunity is going to be there. So, you know, I, d- I wouldn't expect him to have, you know, Delaney Walker targets, but you know he could he could go five for five for seventy five in a touchdown. Yeah. All right. So who are you taking? The Cleveland Browns or the Los Angeles Rams? Oh man, 
I want to I want to pick the Browns out of homerism, but <laughs> you know what? I'm going to pick the Browns. Uh, I'm I'm buying into the Jared Goff home road split. I'm taking the taking the Browns. As am I, and hoping that I'm going to be wrong with the bad feeling I have in my stomach about that game Sunday night. The last game on the docket, the Monday night football game, the Chicago Bears versus the Washington Redskins. Uh, for the for the Bears side here, Mitch Trubisky has struggled, uh, obviously, for so far this year. QB 29, as you have listed, I personally am not trusting him. Montgomery looked good, though. Would you play him against a very poor Washington Redskins run defense? I, I would. I think, uh, you know, Montgomery is got great lateral agility. He, he can a, a super jump cut. I think he's got to maybe put a little bit of that aside and, and go forward. Yeah. Uh, not do so much dancing. You know, there's a time and a place for everything. I I, I definitely think that, you know, there's sometimes you got to go sideways to go forward. But sometimes you just got to go forward to go forward. So hopefully he can mesh those two things together uh, and have his breakout game. They, they want him to be the guy. So it, it's certainly uh, it's going to be against this defense. Uh, this is his opportunity. Outside of Montgomery, though, for me, Allen Robinson is the only worthy starter on the Bears team. Do you agree with that? I do. Uh, you know, I drafted some Anthony Miller, but uh, I don't know if it's Mitch Trubisky or I don't know if it's Anthony Miller, <laughs> but he's not he's not measuring up this year. Yeah. As for the Redskins side, so Case Keenum, as you put, is uh, is QB eight right now. I think that's a little bit of false advertisement, though. I do. I'm glad that he's having a good game. With again, as I mentioned uh, in the podcast on Monday with Matt, I think part of it is due to the fact that he's playing with a very good offensive coach and Jay Gruden. We saw the same thing when he was in Minnesota with John DeFilippo. He's actually had a good year with a good Q. Uh, good offensive player. I would personally not start Case Keenum here against a very good Bears defense. For me, the only players I'm even thinking about starting are Chris Thompson in a flex spot and Terry McLaurin. I would feel fine playing as a wide receiver too or flex. Uh, do you disagree with that or is there anybody else you would throw in there? No, I I, I agree. I, I think that if you're looking at a uh, super flex, then maybe you consider Keenum because he has played well. And, and while I agree with the, well, it, he's in a great system with a great coach argument you're making there, yeah. come Monday night, he's going to be in that system with that same great coach. Yeah. So, but the Bears defense is no joke. Oh, so yeah, no, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a rough night for the, for the Redskins. And, uh, you know, I think we got what, they've got two or three more games like this, and then it's going to be, uh, Dwayne Haskins season. Yeah, more than likely. So who you from that sound? I'm assuming you're going Chicago Bears, but who you picking, Bears or Redskins? I'm gonna go with the Bears. As am I. Well, Dennis, thank you so much for jumping on with me Friday and doing this. Looking forward in a couple weeks to you joining me throughout the season, more during the week as we we have we had planned. And I hope you have yourself a good weekend and a good Sunday football. I hope the fantasy gods bless you with many wins this weekend. Oh, they certainly will. You know, get on DynastyNerds.com. We, we've got a bunch of articles coming out every week. Guys are doing weekly start-sit articles for each position. Uh, we got some IDP content coming out every week. Uh, nice medical article coming out every Tuesday. And then if, uh, if you're not doing anything Sunday morning, hop over onto Facebook to the Dynasty Nerds uh, uh, forum, the Dynasty Nerds group. It is a closed group, so you got to ask for an invitation. 
but we're 6,000 members strong. And like Matt mentioned earlier in the podcast, um, Sunday morning, our writers are going to be in there for two hours taking your start-sit questions. So head on over to the Dynasty Nerds Facebook page. Yeah, if you guys are going to do that, I would suggest trying to get on it today or tomorrow as it usually takes a little bit of time to get the uh, invitation accepted in there just due to, I'm sure, extreme amounts of volume of people trying to get in there. But definitely do it because we will gladly help you with any start-sit questions you have uh, for your fantasy lineups this weekend. Again, Dennis, thank you. Have yourself a good weekend. I will talk to you soon, buddy. Right on. Go Bucks. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wall wide already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Die, Lee. Only tackle.